I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of where in between the podcast is discussed about as told by ginger once a week last time we celebrated halloween very early with discussing about the episode i spy a witch and this week we're going to be going into episode 14 which is called blizzard conditions it aired on february 25th 2001 and it was written by eric casimira who wrote the last episode i spy a witch so the episode is about that a snowstorm has hit shelter shrubs as ginger Dodie, and macy are working on their survival story project and then we have Courtney, Blake, and Winston being snowbound in their limo, and they're trying to see if they can be able to escape, but then they start you know, going on a severe panic mode. And then we also have Carl and Hoodsy wanting to watch over a dentist's dog in exchange for a cuspidor. So yeah, we're actually focusing kind of like two and a half subplots in this episode. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this one. Um, we haven't really talked about the setting of As Told by Ginger, and since uh, this one kind of does involve, you know, sheltered shrubs, the town, it's uh, it's set in Connecticut, I just checked on the wiki. I'm interested, Patricia, in sort of your thoughts on the, the setting of the show and whether it makes a difference in the show or not. They pick a specific state, and I, I'm wondering if they're trying to make it sort of an every town or if there was any purpose in that sort of setting. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, the reason why it's set in Connecticut is because Emily Kapnick was raised in the suburban area when she was young. She was raised in New York first by her mom, and then as time went on, she was raised, you know, in a suburban area with her father. So it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it was more upstate New York, I believe, where she was raised by her father. I don't know why Connecticut specifically, but it does make a lot of sense that she would, you know, choose a suburban setting. You know, also the same thing for Suburgatory, in which that also takes place in a suburban setting as well cool thank you you're welcome so yeah um the episode starts off with lois driving home from work and there's a lot of snow falling it's like three feet of snow it's a severe storm going on and then we cut into the girls at home studying for their project they're trying to do a project on survival and they're reading off a whole bunch of survival stories they're trying to decide on which one they're going to do and the first one i think they're reading is about the the Donner Party, which you know, for a lot of people who may not know, the Donner Party was the the party that one that was traveling over to Oregon, and along the way they get trapped in the um, a severe uh, weather storm, and they you know end up eating a good majority of the people who start dying left and right, and it's pretty pretty scary. And, um, you know, the girls are trying to find out, okay, what are we going to do for our project? And then, uh, Mace, uh, then Macy starts getting a little bit nervous, especially when Lois comes in saying, you girls are going to have to spend the night. It's too dangerous to be going outside. And, you know, Macy starts being afraid, saying, like, we have enough food, right? And then Ma- and then Ginger's like, of course we do. You don't have to worry about it. And then she's, you know, she starts calming down, but then she's still kind of concerned. Is like, man, I mean, it would be really scary if we were 
were trapped in this huge snowstorm without food. And so then we cut into Carl and Hoodsy's uh, side where we see um, Carl talking to the dent- the old dentist and Hoodsy's being berated by their dog uh, by the dog Muffin and he- there's this old 1950s cuspidor that he wants in exchange for watching over Muffin while he goes on um goes out of town and you know it's it's just really odd a, a cuspidor out of all the things that Carl would want why would he want something like that it's just really weird Carl likes his weird stuff, right? It's a strange item for him to like, but given all of the other weird things that they have in their sort of uh, their doghouse there, it's not the most shocking thing that this is what they've decided to get, but it is certainly strange. I don't know. I know the episode is kind of scary in a sense because there's actual danger in the blizzard, but it's also kind of cozy in a way. It did. It took me back to sort of being snowed in and you're kind of just stuck with who you're stuck with. You can't go anywhere. Everyone's holed up indoors. It's interesting that Lois still has to work because of course she does because she's a nurse and that completely complicates the entire episode. Yeah, so... Um, when the girls find out that there's no school and then they start getting excited, but then they start hearing the news that the weather is going to get a lot worse. And then we, of course we have a great Macy moment in which she says, Do- uh, Ginger, Dodie, the government said that there is a state of emergency. And then she gets really nervous and she says, Oh, I hope there's not another Donner party. And then Carl and Hoodsy jump in and said, that would be cool. And then Hoodsy says, I hope I taste like chicken. It's like, Wow. But no, seriously. Um, so now we cut into kind of like our two and a half subplot in which um, Courtney is going to get a pedicure and a manicure and Blake is along for the ride because I'm sure he want, probably wants to see Carl and Hoodsy. And then uh, the snowstorm is so bad that Winston, when he's driving, he gets he loses control of the limo and then they get buried in the snow and then... They uh, then like not long afterwards, Courtney and Blake start to panic. They they act like they've been in there for like either hours or days, but it's only been like a few minutes, and they're acting like this is the end of the world for them. Yeah, they're awful too. I don't, I don't know if we talked about that at all. They're just terrible. Courtney's getting all upset about how I think it's like her phone isn't getting reception or something. And she's like, prioritize Winston. And I'm like, Courtney, she he is. He's trying to drive in this snowstorm um, before they crash. And it's it's just, they're, they're terrible. And they're only trapped in the car for, I don't know, it's a number of hours. But they're as dramatic as you ever could have dreamed that they would be. And they're, God, it, it's one of those moments where you're like, I am so glad that I don't have to deal with you on a daily basis. Because, wow, just... The entitlement and the inability to take any sort of inconveniences. It's just so apparent how, you know, cushy their lives have been. And I mean, I understand too, like if I were stuck in a car in a snowbank or whatever, I would probably panic a little bit. But it's sort of the the priorities that they have and the things that they're upset about that are just ridiculous. Right. So yeah, as Patricia clarified, we do have essentially three plots going on, two and a half really, because two of them combine, really all three combine by the end into the Fowley's house. But I do love, the thing that this show is so good at is starting in two completely different directions and ending together. So Courtney and Blake are able to locate a walkie-talkie in the car, am I remembering that correctly? 
Yeah, there's there's obviously that's Blake's walkie-talkie that he uses to talk to Carl and Hoodsy. Then Courtney hears, um, well, it's Carl and Hoodsy who are not home because they want to chase pigeons with Muffin. So we have the walkie-talkie, which is under the kitchen table. And so Ginger, right. Dodie, and Macy are at the kitchen preparing snacks. Yeah, 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 the little uh, exactly. pigs in a blanket. And that's how they end up rescuing them, and uh, which brings us back to Ginger, Dodie, Macy, and I think the the general gag of Dodie constantly taking pictures on that now old looking camera is so funny. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but Dodie just snapping obnoxious pictures of everything kept cracking me up. That's still a thing, by the way. People taking selfies at like random moments or whatever is still very relevant today oh for sure but yeah they're documenting it for their project essentially and that's another clever tie-in where they have this project about survival that they have to do and now it's about themselves (laughs) i really really enjoyed this episode yeah, this episode is a lot of fun. Um, of course, you know, once again, I'm not really too crazy about Carl and Hoodsy's plot, but just the fact that they're learning about survival and that Courtney is so over the top and ridiculous, it's just, it's always so entertaining to see. She is so much, man. They're just all of the things and like the little things where, you know, Ginger's trying to be as, uh, you know, good of a host as she can be given the situation and Courtney just being so high maintenance, right? Like things like, oh, remember, I look good in pink when she's getting her pajamas. Like, no one's gonna see you, man. Like, calm down. It's just madness. And she like has Winston sit on a frozen steak in order to try to thaw it a little bit. And just all of these ridiculous things that, and just the way that she treats Winston too throughout this episode is pretty ridiculous. But, you know, because he's the butler and because he's the chauffeur, he has to put up with this. I can imagine just how miserable he can be at times, having to do the most menial things so that these kids can be remotely happy. Yeah, it's a, it's a life that I do not envy. <laughs> Blake is no better than her. We like to think that he is because he's like... We, we always see him trying to, like, suck up to Carl and Hoodsy, essentially, but he is just as entitled and awful to Winston. It's not their fault, necessarily. They are kids, and they've lived, grown up in a certain lifestyle, but Winston deserves better than the Griplings. So later on, uh, Carl and Hoodsy end up losing Muffin when they're trying to chase pigeons, and she completely disappears, and Carl and Hoodsy are panicking because if they lose Muffin, they're not, they're not going to be able to get the cuspidor. And so they try looking for her. They think that she's dead, and, you know, they're, they're kind of, like, really disappointed. And then we go back into the girls, and um, earlier in the episode, Carl was saving up a jar of bugs in the kitchen, and so it accidentally gets released and everybody starts to panic some more and then the lights go off. It's like, it's total madness. Yeah, it really is. And I know you said you weren't the biggest fan of this Carl Hoodsy plot, but I, the moment where they think that the dog died because of them was horrifying and so dramatically effective for me. Carl just, or I mean, Hoodsy just takes a deep breath and says, gosh, Carl, Life sure is fragile, and there's no joke or anything. It was so shocking. Yeah, it was pretty shocking, absolutely. It's definitely pretty terrifying for them thinking that the dog was legitimately dead. I mean, admittedly, if it were, there would probably be a little bit, you know, there'd be more, like, blood and such around, but that's clearly not on their minds. They just see the leash and immediately assume, like, well, we have legitimately killed this dog. Thankfully, (laughs) they didn't, and it's all okay in the end, but... Certainly not the most reassuring of moments, right? 
Yeah, so it turns out when the dentist comes by to pick up Muffin, you know, and he started calling Muffin and she's not coming out. And then when he just when he's about to confess that Muffin is gone, we hear barking and then Muffin just runs by and, you know, greets him. And then, you know, it's like this... I mean, here's the, th- I, I, and also we didn't even mention this, that when, you know, he greets Muffin both times, in, both in the beginning and toward the end, in which Muffin is, like, licking him, like, everywhere, even close to his lips, I was like, oh, God, this is disgusting. I know that dogs' mouths are technically more cleaner than human mouth, because um, they don't have to deal with a lot of bacteria with all the stuff that they eat, but still, I mean, it's just really disgusting. And then the episode ends with the army truck coming in, and Courtney runs outside trying to see if she can catch up to them, and then she's being recorded by the news, and they just think that she's absolutely insane. God, she's a mess. She really is. She's she's something, to say the least. But, you know, there she is in her pajamas, running because of this apparently unbearable life situation to her of temporarily not having food. One of the highest maintenance people, I think, that has ever existed. Oh, Ashley, we've got to talk about the guitar moment. Oh, I forgot about that. So Courtney decides like to try to lift their spirits. They're going to sing some songs, and she has Winston playing the guitar, and she's like, oh, just put, you know, do a key of a G, F, J, whatever, just play. I'll improvise. And I said that's like me to Casey when we made our musical thing. I don't know that you might have caught our little mashup. He was like, would it help you at all if I printed out music for you? And I was like, nah. <laughs> I sing. I don't know music. It was Ginger on guitar, wasn't it? Not Winston. Yeah, Ginger plays guitar. And, and Courtney, I don't think she's making a music joke. I don't think Courtney is aware that J is not a note or a key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I at least know that much. I, I don't know a lot about music, but I do know that one. I guess there's nothing really much we can say about this episode, so we can give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. I'll start off on this one. I'm going to go ahead and give it a yay. I think just the antics that we get to see, we really get to get to see Courtney at her core, right? At her her lowest of moments here, and just get to see a little bit more insight into how crazy they are. Not my favorite, again, side plot between Hoodsy and Carl, but overall, I found it to be really enjoyable. It brings back, you know, like Casey said, sort of those snow day kind of moments, and just the, the tie-ins between that and the class project and all of that stuff all coming together. For sure. Hey, guys, can I propose a crazy idea? I know I keep springing ideas on you live on the show. <laughs> yeah, at this point, why not? <laughs> can we add, I'm not going to use it for this episode, but can we add the super yay as an option for episodes we just absolutely love? Um. Okay, sure, why not? <laughs> I know we haven't done it, but I would retrospectively use it on Hello Stranger and Hello Little Seal Girl, or Come Back Little Seal Girl. Those are the only two I would use it on so far. I just think it's fun to have more options. Sure. I um, Yeah, I don't mind Super Yay. What do you think, Ashley? Sure, why not? Why not? More the merrier. Just because I'm realizing that I like every episode, and I want to have a way to distinguish the ones that I really like. <laughs> But this one I will not give a super yay, though I did enjoy it. I'll give it just a regular old yay. And uh, I like all three of the plots, and I especially love how they come together. I think all of the Class Key Supo shows do this really well, specifically Rugrats, the sort of combining of the different plots between adults and kids there. And uh, here it's usually between the middle schoolers and then Carl and Hoodsey, or perhaps Lois, and I, I love that. 
Yeah, um, I was. I actually really enjoyed this one too. I'm gonna give it a yay. Um, although you know, definitely, I do agree that the Carl and Hoodsy plot is a little bit okay. It's not that really interesting, especially considering that last week they raised somebody back from the dead. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. But yeah, Courtney's antics being so over the top and Blake at his absolute worst. I mean, we see him treat Winston really nice in previous episodes, but the fact that he acts really mean to him and all this, and they just go petty over the simplest things, even though that it's just a, you know, it's a slight little snowstorm. They're only trapped in the car for a few hours. There's no electricity and they're just panicking. They're thinking like this is the end of the world for them. And they would do even the smallest things like, you know, fighting over, um, you know, a, uh, um, an almond or something like that so and of course that funny scene with Courtney running to the army truck in her pajamas so yeah this episode was a lot of fun so I'm gonna give it a yay as well so yeah uh, that should be it for this episode so tune in next week as we're gonna be discussing about episode 15 hope to see you around soon and thanks for listening